always empty-handed. That way you can fill it with something. <laughs> so, but uh, we'll go ahead and, and do, we actually do uh, introductions for this. Uh, this is episode number 61 of Civil oh, Tension. No. I am Peter Galt, the creator and host of Civil Tension. And uh, uh, actually co-host on my right is... John Quantz. And co-host on my... Uh, left is Ken Nicholson, and also co-host on my right, Don Stevenson, and guest Chris Swiak, guest Matt Kucharski, and co-host Dan Gilman. And uh, then we have an empty chair at the moment, <laughs> but we'll His let him. Bill. His name is Bill. Mr. Bill. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Bill. No. Bill. <laughs> so, so he's not here to defend himself. So, but uh, easy target. I think we're going to do a, a rather open discussion today. It was, the, you know, we had an, an enjoyable, thank you very much for the topic this morning, Matt. That was really cool. Um, I've been looking at a lot of stuff. John has shot me a few texts. I, I am remarkably, and what has got me really <laughs> geared up is the fact that we're at the point in our society here in the wonderful United States of America where evidently it is necessary to have a referendum or a vote or a resolution as to whether or not bigotry within our government is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, we, we do have and enjoy the First Amendment we have many amendments within our Constitution. One of the things you got to do when you become a member of Congress, when you're voted in, is when you're sworn in, you do swear to uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States. If you cannot do that through your own beliefs, you should step down. You should not serve. If you get in there and say, oh, I didn't read my constitutional handbook because I'm a numb nuts and or I don't believe didn't it. prepare for but the job. But then when you have to go back to the state legislature? You would. So, especially in Illinois. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, that, every time I hear somebody open their mouth about our freshman Congress people who simply don't seem to have the sense God gave a rat, um, it, it just that pisses me off. Now that I've shared that, Don, what's on your mind? Well, uh, to me, the more aggravating issue is what, <clears throat> why that resolution came about and what it was meant to cover up. Because that whole resolution had nothing to do with bigotry is bad of all kinds. We all would say bigotry of all kinds is bad. Hmm. But the reason it ended up that way is because the left, the Pelosi's of the world, did not want to do what was really specifically needed, which was to condemn the comments of uh, the, our Congress lady from Minnesota, who just continuously, at least three weeks in a row now, has said very anti-Semitic things. And... There were a lot of people that said, we need to condemn that. But then it was like, well, let's not make it about her. So the next thing you know, there, there was even stuff in there about, you know, it's bad to, to say anything bad about people from the Asian Pacific Islands. So they watered it down so much to cover up the fact that they didn't want to take any action, not even remove her from the Foreign Affairs Committee when she has made comments like the Jews. You know, Allah has to wake up to the Jews who are hypnotizing people. 
That's, I mean, that's one of her statements. Allah needs to wake, waken those who are being hypnotized by the Jews. The, re the reason for the text um, uh, wandering off into saying all bigotry is unhappy is they couldn't get the votes. Right. If it were just anti her, Because the Dems would have supported her. Right. Thank you. Uh, and and it, it would have all gone for you know, just noise in the wind. Mm -hmm. um, more more perhaps germane to, to the worry is my worry is why couldn't they get the votes? Yeah. Oh my God. Because they support anti-Semitism, in my humble opinion. Yes. Well, I, I, they don't have a problem with it. Might be a soft. I, I don't have hard evidence to that effect, but I sure fear it. Well, you know? I, yeah. What's hard evidence? They have to come out and say it. But when when you will not remove somebody from a committee, you will not condemn it. You actually say, well, she doesn't really understand. She didn't really understand exactly how those words might be heard. That's what Pelosi said about it. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm sorry. That's excusing it. Forgive me, Don. What committee is she on? Uh, I believe it's the Foreign Affairs Committee. Mm. Oh, that's a good place. Yeah, good place for her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably would want to push back on my right wing brethren, Don. Go uh, for just it, a brother. Just a little bit. You know, me being the leftist that I am. Yeah, the leftist <laughs> that you are. Yeah. Well, it, I, I don't. Comrade John. Spelled with a K. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a matter that that the Democrats are anti-Semitic. I don't. I'm not saying that's necessarily the issue. They may very well be, and I certainly have some opinions as to whether they are or aren't some are, or some why are or why. Opinion, right. Yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a, uh, a tapestry of different opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that what they what the Democrats are very good and what leftists are very good at is that they are very good at circling the wagons, um, rallying around an individual, a cause at the sacrifice of their own personal opinions and viewpoints Party and they country. will and they will not unlike Republicans and conservatives they will not eat their own mm -hmm. and they will not consume their young and so in, in this way you we now have again um, congresswoman from Minnesota duly represented and duly elected mm -hmm. uh, makes commentary to such an extent that now uh, former Grand uh, Wizard David Dew from Louisiana, who I remember running for various offices when I was in college and you know so on all throughout his political life, uh, has, has come out according to the Daily Wire that, that she is the most important congresswoman person in that body because of her anti-Semitic positions and opinions. Now I now look. I'm 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 certainly no obviously no fan of David Duke or anyone that makes an anti semitic or any kind of bigoted position or opinion. But the fact that the that the Democrats lack the moral fiber and the intellectual integrity to come out and say and censure her, which is what they should have done, right. mm -hmm. this is not okay. Evidence to the fact that now. You have a former KKK member, which, by the way, Senator Robert Byrd from West Virginia, Democrat, was. Yep. Now you have a KKK member agreeing with what it is you've said, and he's supposedly on the absolute right-wing fringe, and he agrees with you, and you're supposedly a leftist. Makes a really great point for the fact that maybe there's not that much, that not, not a lot of difference between your fascists and your socialist, communist, Marxists. Not a lot of difference. But anyway, the point being that they don't have the integrity to circle the wagons yeah. and, and, and say, look, 
look, look, Chicky, you need to stop. Yep. This is not okay. It is party before country. It's I mean, party before country. Well, it's Republicans noise. are not as good at that, which I suppose we would say is a good thing. But uh, but you're right. I mean, what what was it? What was Stephen Steve King, the congressman from Ohio? He made some. I don't. I don't know, he made some stupid comment about. I don't understand why night, white nationalism is such a bad term. He was immediately booted off of his committee. The, the Republicans said that's not cool. We don't stand for that. But look at look what happens point. in the in the business corporate world. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the owner of Papa John's. Yeah. You know he he, he makes some bad comment and winds up uh, losing out on his whole company. Yeah. He gets pushed out. Yeah. And it, they just came to settlement this week. Yep. But, you know, it's, senators come out and say something, or congressmen. Mm -hmm. But why does this upset you, Peter? I guess that's why. I really What upsets me is, is exactly what you've been talking about, is we should, we should not be, as a society, as a nation, tolerating this absolute passivity, this intellectual uh, dropping of the ball, this... This level of poor morality from people who have been elected into an office of leadership, this should not be acceptable in any way, shape, or form. It's absolutely ludicrous to me that there would even be the concept of a vote to say, sorry, this is no, bad. this is bad. These people are all freaking adults. We have the First Amendment, which protects our freedom of speech, which she does have. Which she does have. That's fine and dandy. However, in her role, she is obligated to fulfill the oath she took to uphold and protect the First Amendment, which does protect religion. You may not agree with someone's religion. You may not agree with religion in any way, shape, or form at all. But you damn well better agree that that person over there has every right to practice it, and it is absolutely inappropriate and unacceptable for you to, to spew hateful anti-Semitism, and we'll call it what it is, language within the role that you're holding that's absolutely asinine why, why is it why is it up to the Democratic Party to censure this woman that's exactly why, why isn't it, it isn't a, it isn't a congressional thing or, you know, uh, I would rather it be the American people condemn it so much that she would feel obligated to step uh, down but that's that's not happening today that's because agree she has a right to say whatever she wants to say mm -hmm. um, it's just that that people on the right have consequences, people on the left in government have little or no consequences many times. Um, but uh, yeah, I would. It's to me, it's like there's no shame in the world anymore. And people just they just do anything, and it's like make excuses. And you know, for one day she's a smart uh, congressperson, the next day, well, she's kind of too dumb to really understand what she said. You can't have it both ways. I got a question. What got us to this point? Passivity. I mean, I mean, you know, these folks are getting voted into office, and, and it, uh, it's like... Sort of back there. Yeah. Back to the education system. You know, and, and <laughs> I, I mean, we can come up with different ideas and thoughts, and the reality is, is it, is it a vote for or a vote against? And quite often we vote against as yeah. opposed to voting for. That's true. You know, but it, it, you know, what, are the, what are the causes that, that get us to this point where one side's more acceptable than another side? Mm -hmm. You know, and... and <clears throat> Just, it, well, certainly that swings by a pendulum. Sure. I mean, the, yeah, it does. Even in my lifetime, I've seen the, I've seen it go both ways. Yep. 
So, I mean, and that's kind of the thing with the way our system's set up. Again, that's voting against instead of for. It's the way our system's set up. So she's in office, she's saying these things, and, <laughs> and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So let me ask the some of the newbie here. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we electing people to represent us in government at the state level, at the <clears throat> federal level? And did we send them there to talk about politics? Did we send them there to talk about religion? Or did we send them there to find solutions for us, to improve our infrastructure and make us have some world-class airports, roads, and trains, or whatever? Did we send them to Congress to try to get our spiraling debt under control? How do we get the politics of blame, the politics of not accepting each other, put to the side and get back to actually doing the business we sent them to Washington or Springfield to do. You mean legislators legislating? Something like that. Governing? To, to spend three months yeah. talking about a budget and passing it versus let's wait till the 23rd hour and 59th yeah. minute and say, and then kick it, it down. or leave it. And then kick it down. no room to debate and negotiate it. Well, at that point, it's a meaningless political football with great neon lights on it. Yeah. Right, know, and then you can always choose to forget it and wait two years until yep. you have a better political situation to where you'd actually approve something. Because we do have no experience in this state with that. What was the last time in Washington that we had more effort going into legislation and improvement of the country as a whole versus I'm going to indict you, you're going to indict me, I'm going to investigate you, you're going to investigate uh, Mid-80s, maybe a little the later. The Gingrich now. Revolution was yeah. all about, the, the what was it, the 10, what they call it, the contract with America? Contract with America. Yeah. And they went in and they just started doing stuff. It was kind of but, 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 weird to watch. Mid-90s. But, but in that same time frame, what happened? You had Gingrich mm -hmm. and his party. You had Bill Clinton being investigated. Mm -hmm. Yet, that was the first time we ran a budget surplus in since, Lord knows since, how many right? years. Mm -hmm. we, we, there were external factors. The, the internet and a number of things spurred the economy like we never had before. It's hard to believe because Bill Clinton are, would be a right-winger today. Why, why, <laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why are we spending the time talking about the blame and the finger-pointing yep. and not saying... The internet has come and gone, and now it's democratized the mm -hmm. world. Not democratic with a D, but it's leveled the playing field. It's made the whole world connected. What's the next thing that we can lead on mm -hmm. that will take us to another peak performance cycle that we can be the leader on instead of the person that's being dragged down to the lowest common denominator? Very fine question. And right, we all would love to have such a thing that we could get on the wagon of. But the issue is that it won't get you reelected. But is that the goal is to be reelected? As a career politician, I think it is. But again, that's not our goal. Right. It's their goal. Right. A taste of power. I don't want to give that up. And why is it that they can do such bad stuff and still get reelected? Because it's a subjective comment. You should know you the it's bad. Other people it's not. I mean, look at. We, how many? Let's not talk about Illinois. That's a waste of time. <laughs> you know, uh, fast there's a, there's a, Illinois is a good example. There's a, there's a power base that's in Illinois. There's a yeah. reason why this power base formed. And as they've been and in control survives. of it, they rewrite the laws. 
to keep them to continue to keep them in power. Yep, that's true. And so it, when the people realize that it's broke, then somebody has to step forward to fix it. Yep. And it and it takes something to do that. I mean, I I can remember uh, my mother and uh, my stepfather, Martin Fruz, was an excavator, complaining about all the problems he's having with municipalities. And she said, "Well, then stop complaining about it. Run for office. Do something about it." And that shuts the conversation up immediately. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, 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 it takes a bit to get in there and handle this, and, and it's a little bit more easier to do the blame game. We see this in industry, we see it in families, we see it even at the stable. You see it all over the place. I saw a lot of people this past election stepping up and running for office that hadn't thought about doing so before because of that very, you know, okay, stand up and do something. And so you have to, and then you have to play the political game as it has been laid before you. It, yeah. And our Constitution has made that playing field as level as it possibly can. It's not perfect, but they did a lot to make sure that it stays level, and we're witnessing that today. I mean, you want, you want to have the, the quality of life improve when you talk about infrastructure, but they're saying that the quality of life has been damaged because of, of privileged classes. And this is the argument that's going on right they now. They are the privileged This is why we're having the, the, these, these issues that are showing up. This is why the voters are behind them. I mean, this woman is a nut job. Okay, fine, but she got elected. Yeah. How so apparently, there's that? a very large group of people. Absolutely, that believe is. that what she's saying is right. Now, That's what's frightening about it. How are we going to know whether or not that what she is saying, or those people, more to the point, that elected her? How are, we, how are they going to know that this idea is whack? Right. They have to be educated. We have to defeat. And the way to do that is by like her that. voicing it and people coming against it. Yeah. Which is, that's why I like the fact... And don't do it with guns. Well, as somebody, as I've heard people say, Trump, if Trump can just shut up and stay out of the news, he'll get reelected because these whack jobs will make it easy for him. Just they let will. the AOCs talk of the world. Let this, uh, um, I can't, why can't I remember her name from Minnesota? Omar. Oh, hell, Omar is the last name. Omar is last. Okay. Um, but let them talk. Let them be the ones that are in the headlines because... Even you just got. I just believe that sober-minded people, if they just hear that kind of unfiltered, they can make up their own minds. Well, they're going to find out with Elizabeth Warren running for president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the idea of our representative government is extremely important. Oh, totally. This mechanism that's going on. I mean, I love Churchill's comment. If you ever really want to know about whether democracy is a good form of government, just spend five minutes on the street with the average voter. Yeah. I mean, you'll realize that democracy does not work at all. <laughs> Why? Because people pull to what their ends are. Yep. I mean, they have politics no works best in small communities, and when you see low turnouts in small communities, yeah. it's because it's, things are going pretty well for people. Yeah. And typically, it's the business class that things are going well for, yeah. because our country is economically driven, which is why we've got to where we're at right now, is because it's economically driven. <laughs> and so the answer, why, did, how did we get here, is an extremely complicated oh, yeah. uh, oh, no set question. of variables to deal with. There's no single answer, I get But that. primarily, if the system is in place and it works, then you see these swings. Yeah. And government is messy. By its, by its design, it's messy. And, and certainly, we don't want government to rule our lives, right? Well, we don't. We don't. But people that are disadvantaged do. do. Right. Why? Not just people that are disadvantaged. I don't just fall buy into the just, just people that are disadvantaged. There are a lot of people that are not disadvantaged that fall in behind the AOCs of the world. Absolutely. A lot of them are doing very, very well. Um, a lot of the people that spew the socialism side, I don't put the word democratic in front of it because it's not democratic socialism. These are not poor people, many of them. They're not disadvantaged people. But the people that represent they want are. power. They get their way, they will be. It's the people that they represent are. I, I don't even 
I don't not sure I believe that. Chicago either. got its power base because of CERMAC. By bringing in I know the, it's a lot of in, it, but it ain't, it's not all of it. And uh, and and again, I would anybody I ever have a chance to sit down and talk to about that case, our job is to help them understand that what you're being taught is not going to help you. That's the key when you talk about what can we do about it. I, I probably will never run for office because the closet's too damn big. Um, <laughs> uh, but but what we can do is try our very very best. I got to start my own home, you know, in terms of help in trying to educate and influence. Um, so that's what I think we can do. But yeah, it's when you when you start to say I can't believe in this country we have to. I was thinking we have to defend capitalism against socialism. I would have never if. You You'd have said 10 years ago even we'd have to defend it compared to socialism right now. I would have been, no way. But here we are. But here we are. You're going on he said, she said kind of thing. You know, you're saying we have to educate them the other way, that that, yeah. that what you're being taught is, well, that's a he said, she said. And I mean, I, no, no, you have no, to no, look, though. No, but and, if you don't believe so, capitalism is better than socialism, that's your opinion, then yes. Yeah. But it's not an opinion. It's, it's not fact opinion. because socialism fails every time every it's tried. Every single time. It's not sustainable. And, and I just want to go to the issue, and I know that there's a lot of debate as to what's good and what's bad in society today. But I think that one of the, maybe the metrics that we should gauge as to whether something is good or bad is to whether it's actually sustainable. Sustainable, that is, can you can you improve or maintain consistently a better lifestyle for the next generation, your children, your grandchildren, than those that came before? If you have the ability to do that, then that is a good thing. If you are going to decline where the basic subsistence issues of life, food, toilet paper, so on and so forth, as we see in Venezuela, that's what I think about it, quack, quack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's not a comment on his comments. <laughs> no, rookie, no, rookie mistake. Ken's pants are talking. Yeah. Well, it's a, good, it's a good thing you're sitting I'm next mortified. to it. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's the issue of sustainability. Right, and clearly, claims. socialism is not sustainable. And that's the problem. But in, if, in Illinois, and for example, Illinois, I think, you know, Dan, to your point, Illinois is a great test case. It's a great example. California is a great example. These are not sustainable. Uh, institutions, states that have delegated per the Constitution their powers to the federal and when not explicitly done so, maintain their own control, their own autonomy. They are the sovereign and we are the sovereigns and the states report to us and, and so on and so, so forth. But the problem, Illinois is not sustainable and yet you have politicians, career politicians, who are more than willing to continue to run us down this dead end trail with no no chance of turning it around or pulling it out. What's the current pension debt in this state? 132 That's a billion. Billion? Okay, I mean there's no there's no chance of pulling that out, and yet the state of Illinois can't declare bankruptcy. So now you're gonna have at some point a state which is almost six hundred miles top to bottom with approximately what? Uh, six, nine million people in it. They're going to and falling, have, and falling, and falling to the tune of thirty thousand a year, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. The size of the city of Woodstock every year, a little more than that, leaving the state every year. You, we're going to have a state will, which will be an economic disrepair to the magnitude of Detroit, yeah. and there's no pulling it out. Well, that, and th that's coming from the fact that nine out of ten jobs that come into the state are in the city of Chicago. Yeah. That leaves the whole rest of the state with one job coming in. Sure. You know, it just that you can't sustain a whole state that way. You can't. 
you can't sustain any communities mm-hmm. you know, under those conditions. Yeah, especially when those jobs are attracted by tax incentives or yeah. legislative problems, yeah. you know, uh, um, back backdoor deals, you know what I mean? Stuff like that where my thought process has always been the same, and that is why aren't we promoting as this sovereign state, right, a better educational system that promotes graduation of Illinois students into better positions to start their own entrepreneurship to make better companies out of this state versus always trying to attract businesses from out-of-state organizations with tax incentives. Are you suggesting that the government should be behind this? <laughs> That's crazy if you are. Well, I'm suggesting <laughs> the, the government has no business in Listen, that. I'm, I'm suggesting the government is already, is already behind this. Well, right? that's one of the and, problems. And, and the problem is is that they don't support that platform. What they support is, you know what, let's get Amazon in here. So because maybe, that's going to get us to jobs versus saying, you know, this is an agriculture-based state. Why don't we have better agriculture than any other state in the country? So what it sounds like you're trying to say there, Chris, if I could summarize, is you think that Illinois, in terms of its job creation, it should grow organically as opposed to purchasing I mean, I know jobs. I'm out of the box No, I know. Well, and, and, and by the fact that the state of Illinois and the government is already involved in it, you think that they should be involved in it by getting out of the business of it. Is that what you're trying to say? Be in the business of it by getting out of the way and letting the people do and, and grow that well, organic entrepreneurial to, spirit. Uh, Get out of the way. Not so much get out of the way, but in terms of what they're doing doesn't help what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Right. It might so be helping that, what they're trying to accomplish. Well, it, again, <laughs> you've talked about, Creating you know, the taxes. reason for this is people want to be in power and they enjoy power. They're career politicians. That's why we see a lot of stuff happening. We see people getting voted in who we have a hard time understanding how anyone in their, what we would think would be their right mind, would vote for these numb nuts. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, Thank you for the commentary. you're welcome. Um, but but what do, you do, really re- do remember and keep in mind that each one of these people spoke directly to the districts that they were in, yeah, and, and their districts said, yes, that's what we want to hear. Now, Montana has become a state wherein they have a huge refugee po- population, people who were implanted into Montana. That's a big reason why... That freshman congresswoman got elected and is where she is. Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm Minnesota. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Montana. Minnesota. Don't scare me like that. And it was another M. That's anyway. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Minnesota. We're here I, for I'm you. sorry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Minnesota. That's why she got in. Uh, even AOC. I have my suspicions there, but I got zero proof. But you know, she's they they, they took a, a college graduate bartender and said, you will smile the way we want you to smile, you're going to spew what we want you to spew, and all the people who are your age or follow you are going to say what you want to say within this district right here. Does that sound like like someone else who perhaps was elected president in our recent history? Barack Obama. Didn't have legislative background, didn't have legislative pedigree, didn't have legislative uh, uh, credential to... To run for a federal office, let alone the executive branch. Hey, but at least I he mean, knew how to use Instagram. Well, he, well, he certainly <laughs> he was did, cool. Certainly did that. But think he of it this. Cool. But think of it this way. That and, and but but this just kind of gets gets us back to the migration. 
And I think to Dan's point, the pendulum swing. Think about how it is, the legislative background, the background of Dan Quayle that he had was superior on paper to JFK. That is without question, that is without doubt, that is without any debate. Therefore, JFK was exponentially more qualified than Barack Obama, than President Obama. And that's saying a lot. And that's saying quite a bit. Because JFK was terrible. So right, so here right, so here's the issue. So they looked at Dan Quayle and said, Look, you are in no way fit to run for office. Not presidential. Not presidential. And yet he was better than JFK, and JFK was exponentially better than Barack Obama, and yet Barack Obama not only got elected once, but he got elected twice. So you, but you see, that's the pendulum swing. And I just want to, gents, the issue, I, in my opinion, what's the, the solution? I've said this before. You're never going to change their minds. And to the point, they're not going to change ours. They're really not. The only solution to this is somehow being able to live and I've said, damn it, I'm sorry, in, liber in liberty. Mm -hmm. Look, if you want New York to be the way you want New York to be, go live that way. If you want Texas to be the way you want Texas to be, live that way. In liberty, under the Tenth Amendment, go do that. God bless you, really. Whoever you call God, go do that. Great. Believe me and mine to mine. I just am concerned that someday that there won't be that state. I agree. I agree with you. There's no there, right. I mean, but we have so many of those states that people can go to California, right? But and they what, want to they want to break up into three different. But then what do they? But then what do they do, Bill? Then they turn around the people. They go from New Jersey. They move to Florida. They, they go from California. Florida. They go to Colorado and Idaho right now. They They're moving <laughs> into Arizona, and some of them are even moving into Texas because they can't stand California. And then what do they do? They take red states and start to swing them purple. Yeah. It's like, are, are you people not learning from this? And I think that's where that educational component yeah. comes in. Mm -hmm. What part of the misery that you didn't want, that you moved your families from, uprooted your your social connections, going to your, your church, your routines, your grocery stores, all the things that make us and connect us to a community, you uprooted all of that and moved a thousand miles in another direction, and then you replicated the same damn thing all That's, over yeah, again. Just, what part of this IQ test are you not connecting with? That is mind-numbing. It's amazing to me. And it's happening big time in it Florida. Does, it is it's happening. happening in Texas. Uh, it's uh, not just states, it's countries. Yeah. Brexit. Yeah. Sure. It's you cities. Know. Cities. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. cities. If you look at the people that have left the inner city of Chicago to come to the suburbs mm -hmm. to have their children be safe, to go to better schools, and yet they come out to the suburbs and bring with them some of the attitudes and problems that Cheers. they ran they from. were leaving from. Yeah. Attitudes, problems, and expectations, and right. uh, and the and when I say expectations, that really. The, it's more entitlements. Well, Chicago did this for its residents. Why doesn't McHenry do this? Well, because it's not freaking Chicago. That's why. Um, <laughs> and you we know, want to be solvent. <laughs> um, you, you don't get a water bill in the city of Chicago. Water's free. Usually. No, it's not. Used to, they've changed it. You got water. They used meters. to water their lawn seven days a week and now have a meter on their water pipe. Hmm. Aren't happy about well, it. And my point well, is, it ain't free even if they ain't paying for it. Uh, mm -hmm. 
how about I get so tired of that? But how do we? But how did we? But back to Pete's original question: How is it that is politics before country? Yeah. Before yes, it is. Party, 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 the party politics before. is before morality, gentlemen. Politics gentlemen, it was politics that created the country. <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, it is politics that sustains the country. I agree. It's with politics that. is the mechanism and how we do things here, and there's a reason for that. So, so that one individual cannot rise out sans politics and mm-hmm. take control of it. I mean, we got problems, but man, you look at any country that that's, doesn't have the system that we have, a legislative system that right. we have. Look at how bad things are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. You know, they're bringing these ideas in here now because there's a voice, and we all agree that the voices is the uneducated people or maybe the indoctrinated people from our education mm-hmm. systems. I don't care which way you're talking about it, mm-hmm. but the point of the matter is, is we have a system that can deal with it. And that system does work. This so country's been under a lot, so, lot more duress than it is today. So True. is it politics versus party? I think perhaps, and back to what George Washington originally stated, avoid parties if you can. Avoid them. Yeah. And I think it's. I think Dan's right. The politics is absolutely what sustains what moves the ball down the field. There's no doubt about that. But it's the party loyalties and how it is that. How is it that that you have people that are. Uh, Half my family comes from downstate, right, in a place called Forgottonia, if you will. That's that part of it, right? So in Illinois, you have Little Egypt, you have Forgottonia, and you have different parts of, of the state. And so we're from Forgottonia, half my people are. And how is it that those folks identify with the leftists, the socialists? They wake up every morning, they're farmers, they go to work, they do their jobs, they, you know, they, they work 10, 15 hours a day, they don't ask for anything, they don't, you know, they're just... Boots on the ground, doing the job every dang day. But yet they vote consistently with people that are sitting on their couches on the dole. And I've often wondered, how is it that you guys have come to this conclusion? And if you ask them, you know what they'll tell you? What? Because Hoover's responsible for the Depression. Mm-hmm. They still hold it against the Republicans. <laughs> and the only time they voted Republican kidding? was... No. And the only time they voted Republican was for, uh, was for Ronald Reagan. That was it. Otherwise, they still hold because the Depression affected them so greatly, and the Democrats back then dealt the, co- the Democratic Congress, opposed the measures wanted to be put in place by Hoover to combat the comings of the Great Depression and some of those economic woes. So they, they still, don't hold the more recent. They still blame them. They, still, they will not let go of that. The more recent and even bigger Depression, they don't hold that against the Democrats. They weren't affected by it. They, that's it was, not true. It was absent down there. No, it was true. It was absent down there. Well, that's because they were already in such terrible conditions. That's the it point. <laughs> that's, worse. that's the point. I mean, it was already marginal, right? Yeah. Because, again, right, it's agriculture. It's like it's all touching and going. It's really like you're just barely water bucking. Yeah. So. But I want to go what you, I agree with what you said, Dan. It's the mm-hmm. politics. It's the system. And we have the best system in the world. We're still the best country in the world despite all of our problems because mm-hmm. I totally believe that. That's one of my beefs with people that just bad mouth America, bad mouth America. To me, what this discussion that we have here weekly is about is doing everything humanly possible to maintain that so that we don't lose it because there are a lot of people willfully, unwillfully, uh, I think a lot of people unknowingly in our country pushing in a direction that is not sustainable and will end in not having that system anymore. And I think it's critically, critically important that we don't let that happen. To the, the good news side. 
Oh, sorry, Kane, go ahead. In Carolina, we hear about, and you all hear about what happened in South Carolina the last couple of days? They passed state legislation mm -hmm. in reaction to some implemented policies by publicly funded schools in the state of South Carolina. They passed legislation that says you cannot get out of a state-funded school with a diploma unless you pass a full-scale course, right. a quarter of what we would all call a college credit, right. on the Constitution Wow! in general. That'll they passed make, that. That makes some people angry. I, did, I, I was, I was, I was. Which flag did they raise on that one? Uh, no comment. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, it is about <clears throat> You can still find the stars and bars yeah. in Carolina. Yeah, I'm sure you can. But think about that for a minute. That's going to make a lot of people mad that we're making people learn the Constitution. Hmm. Why would why would that I, make you mad? When I was in eighth grade, you did not get yeah. out of the eighth grade. Right. I grew up in Missouri. Yeah. You did not get out of the eighth grade if you could not pass the Constitution test. So did you the same thing in Illinois when I was in eighth yeah. grade. You you can't the flag. In Illinois, do they, they still do the grade school level and at the high school level? Well, they still got four four years to knock test. it out of them afterwards. Do they still do the like sixth grade goes to your state? Capital trip with know. the kids, and in eighth grade you go to Washington or something. I, I mean, we used to growing up. That was every everybody did that. Hmm. They don't have the funding for that anymore. Yeah, but I don't well, want to lose, the, don't lose the importance of that question. Why would people get mad at that? That we're teaching that we believe we should teach the Constitution. What is the, the argument current, against the argument that? against it right now? Is that this was a system that was established yeah. by privileged people yep. to be able to maintain their power? Yeah, exactly. That is the argument. Yep. And the reason why they're going back to some some very old concepts and socialism, it's not Marxism anymore, by right. the way, but uh, they call it neo-Marxism. Right. And the whole idea of this is that there's a privileged class that gains power, and this system was set up by them mm -hmm. to continue that privileged class mm -hmm. from keeping power. So, you, so what you're saying to me as a elected official, you cannot put your hand on that Bible and say, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, correct? Incorrect, because it does state that you have to do that. <laughs> but, the, uh, but, but are you lying you if you mean, say, I do? Well, it's, it's your dicks. Right, so the, who holds the Bible sacred? I, I mean, I no, no, very few people. The thing about religion, you can't use constants about religion unless you're talking to people that understand what religion is. Forget the religion. Otherwise, it's called integrity. I, I yeah, right. It, it, support and defend the Constitution. That's what they have to I mean, say. By, by and large, you know, our and they don't do branch in our, in our branches of government have been read by some really great people. I mean, yeah, some really great absolutely. people. Absolutely. So you see, the greatest irony is, is that the people that say that the Founding Fathers did what they did and wrote what they wrote just to maintain their power and their control are they themselves as Marxist, neo-Marxist, socialist, whatever it is we want to call them. Uh, they are, by their very nature, putting themselves in a position where they can have power yep. and maintain control and they will do so free of the mechanisms of redressing those issues That's with government. Right? And that is the issue. That's and this is what the American people and a lot of individuals need to connect to. The that your your socialists, your oligarchy, regardless of what it is they are, they always maintain power. There's always a power structure. In the Soviet Union there's a power there is a power structure. So on and so forth. Go across any country that was dedicated communist, there's always a power structure. But what was absent from those societies 
cities, is that there was not the mechanism by which people living their lives could redress their grievances against their government and change it. Mm -hmm. I would make the argument that, okay, maybe there were issues with regards to our founding fathers, and if let's, I'll just give them, yeah, they wanted to maintain what they wanted to maintain. That's why it is they risked their lives, their treasure, their, their everything mm -hmm. for this revolution. So they, they went ahead and they risked all of that. And I'll give you, they were nothing more than power-hungry, greedy, trying to maintain their status. <laughs> but, therefore, why did they put in the mechanisms by which people could redress their grievances with government and, therefore, lose that control and that power over time? The argument doesn't hold up, although Dan's right. That is exactly the argument they make. Mm -hmm. The 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 the, cons, the con, basic constructs of the Constitution did not provide for professional politicians. Right. No. The whole idea was people who would give up their private lives for a while to govern as a service to their service. society. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when they were done with that, they would go back to their farms and or their businesses, uh, whatever. You know. And <laughs> the the idea. Why did they put term limits on the presidency? There was no term limits on the presidency. That was post-FDR. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's post-FDR. It, it, was, it was all because of Washington did two terms, and everybody just by tradition did that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it certainly makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was a 20th century construct with the yeah. term limits. But that I, before you brought that point up, Ken, I was going to say the same thing. That. Do term limits let you... Put some rails around capitalism where you have that turnover and you don't have entrenched powers. How many states have elected senators that are 93 years old yeah. and beyond their best days? Yeah. But because of the fact that they've had 40 years in the Senate, they have the top positions and the top committees. They bring home the bacon. But it's weekend at Bernie's. There's staff yeah. behind them yeah. that are just... Nice pulling analogy. the strings and moving them to keep that power going. You see, I think there's something really important about that because I, I want to go back to something that Don said earlier and kind of bring those two ideas together, is that you had that Gingrich Revolution, the contract with America back in 94, I believe it was, okay? And so we have this contract, and we, and I remember very distinctly that there's a, a, a congressman, uh, Dan Rostenkowski, right? You remember him? Okay. Rostenkowski. He, he was in office forever, and he got voted out during the course of that revolution, that Gingrich revolution. And you know what changed in Washington? Jack squat nothing changed <laughs> in Washington. Oh, we got a budget surplus because of the House and Clinton took the credit. Yeah, he got voted out okay. because he was going to prison. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but the issue still is he got voted out, and there have been many other people who have in the Democratic system, and I don't know any Republicans, that were going to go to prison. They still maintain their office. So let's not even get into that rabbit trail. It's, but good, the to point, it's good to be a Democrat. But the point being is this, is that, that you, 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 bless you, you wind up with these situations uh, where the politicians get voted out, you've got these people in the backdrop, the, the, the staffers pulling the strings and the money and the things that are going on that we don't even know about, and nothing, nothing changes. The Republicans had both houses for a while. They had the presidency for a while, and guess what they did with it? Jack squat nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's all, again. I think I think you're right. There's something to be said for the strings and the things that are going on behind that. 
Well, and again, reflective of the state of Illinois, same thing, sure. right? We had uh, the Republican governor for four years, and we had high hopes, and so did that person running, you know, being governor, and found out that all the things going on behind the scenes were things he couldn't overcome. And, and they were and, much I more mean, important than just having the title of governor. Yeah, the only thing mm -hmm. he accomplished was we went from being the most corrupt state in the country to the third most corrupt state in the country. That was an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get right back to the top here in a couple of years, year or two. <laughs> Probably quicker than that. Yeah. But, well. you know, it's, it's just the whole idea that we have and exercise absolutely no common sense as adults, and we allow this right, but to okay, continue. So this is a conversation that I have with a lot of folks, right, in terms of, quote, unquote, common sense, right? Common sense is no longer common. No, it's it more is. uncommon <laughs> sense is what we should be striving for because the common sense of the masses, right, <coughs> don't follow the same morals. They don't follow the same, uh, you know, uh, educational divisions that we have, right? It, it's a broader tapestry these days, right? And that broader tapestry allows for different individuals who speak to a quote unquote base, right, in whatever district or redistrict or gerrymandered line you have within the political arena to say, listen, come follow me, I have the right message, and it's only exacerbated by the fact that anybody can have a message in this day and age through a number of different technological mediums, right? This being one of them, yeah. right? So if you have a popular podcast, if you show your butt on Instagram, if you got a, you know, a product sponsor, right? Here you go. You can get votes. And with that, <clears throat> nobody really knows at the end of the day, once you're elected and you're in office because the sponsor grifted you to talk about different product placements, you had to have a base of constituents that you know was either shifted towards your district or you know within your culture of, uh, of different leanings, right? And then... You just plastered your message over and over and over and over again, five times, ten times more than either your political rival or anybody within the district you're in, right? So the message keeps getting carried across, carried across, carried across, so that when someone actually goes into the booth, the only name they remember is yours. And that translates into a vote. Uh, it simply becomes then uh, Tony the Tiger and Frosted Flakes. Well, how many people but, are the, going to but, but you're describing tactics. Right. Fine, I got no problem with that. But the system is still the system. It's still in place. And these tactics that had been used for many years are now going away. Tra uh, uh, transparency is, is the modern buzzword today in politics. Right, but transparency has to deal with actually being transparent. If I transparency if I, deals I, with with them attacking somebody I, for something he did thirty five years ago. If I create that's, the, how, that's where if, it's going. If I create the narrative, right, doesn't matter how transparent it is if it's not correct. But you're not the only one out there creating a narrative. Right, but if my message is louder and it speaks to more people, and sometimes I have that works, sometimes base, it don't. Correctness right? isn't part of the equation. It's always because it, it's always going to be about your perspective. I mean, for perception reality, which would be a good one to get into at one point. 
<laughs> say that again. This is, perception <laughs> versus reality would be a good one to get into at one point. What is reality? But this, but this is the well, concept behind the way this government has been put together, and this is the way it's been ruling for a long time. I mean, you stop back in the McKinley's era, and they used to do the stump speeches, and the guy who could trail around the most and, and yell the most, and and what they would wear and what would be popular. And this is, these are tactics of politics, and that's what matters. We want these people to be able to be heard and get into office, and, and we see what they do. And if they're terrible at it and the rest of the people says, we don't want to go that way, then they're out. And that's how it works. But that pendulum doesn't always stay in one area. It's not a magnet. These are tactics that everyone employs. And it changes, and, it, and it's continuing to change. Go ahead, man. So how, how do we take this back to education? Oh, how do we wait, wait. teach our kids... <laughs> that they're going to be exposed to a lot of material. They're going to see TV ads for politicians. They're going to read things on the Internet, on Facebook and other sites. They're going to see, you know, whether you watch this news channel or that news channel or whatever, you're going to see point of views. How do we move the country forward by teaching our kids to be critical thinkers? to listen to more than one point of view, to weigh for themselves their values, their family values, their community values, and to not accept everything at face value, to not accept something because if I say it three times, it must be true, though there may be facts to the contrary. So how do, you how do we sense? improve the next generation to be critical thinkers? How do you think it should be done? We have to raise the ability of our kids to think critically. How would you do that? How would you do that? Step you, one you is depoliticize publicly public you, I mean, You're pointing to a problem that is like everybody has. You know, how, how do we learn and how do we teach and how do we indoctrinate and, and then when, we kid, when a kid, when a kid gets their own do? idea and they break away from you, they're going to break away because of a rebellion to a parent just because I'm not going to do it because he told me to. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is aspects about human nature. And so the question you're asking is extremely difficult to handle. But the, but the onus, the obligation is on the people that are bringing the children into the world or the people that are working in a community. I'm trying to sell my product. i got this government over the top of me that's not letting me do it because they're passing some regulation that doesn't work. So how do you fix that? And the concept is, is you use the mechanisms that are put in place. These are political mechanisms. It's a very tough question that you're having in, in countries across the, the history of had these problems and still do and, and still and always empires have risen and empires have fallen I, but but do, countries, do we learn by the lecture or do we learn by discussion both both yeah. I think both as long as you're open truly open while you're attending or sitting in on a lecture but you know to that question that is it's a difficult it's a difficult question to resolve an answer on a very large scale. When it comes down to an individual, you know, you asking that, and, and most of you already know this answer from me because you've heard it before, but growing up, I taught and stressed for my children to question everything. Mm -hmm. Never, ever take anything at face value uh, if it's something that you genuinely have an interest in, a desire to learn about, or want to hear more about. Investigate it. Question, question, question. Until you get to the point where you can say, you know what? Not for me. Or you know what? 
that's an idea I can latch on to. That's a philosophy I can latch on to. That's something that truly works for me and I appreciate. And it doesn't matter whether or not they agree with me. My middle son, Luke, and I, he, we, we push each other's buttons all the time. Uh, he's, he'll be a master's degree graduate from DePaul in May. And he absolutely loves to needle in. He, he sent me a little text pic of our last uh, episode where the comment was that our neighbors to the left don't do math very well. And he said, ha-ha, I do math better than you. And I said, well, ha-ha, had you listened to that episode, you would have heard me say, I'm not doing the math, someone else do it. Because um, I know that I'm no good at math. Anyway, the point being is if you're going to ask that question, I think it has to start very individually. That's the only actual and practical way to answer that. I don't think you can do that on a global or very large scale. I don't, I don't think but it's feasible. John's point, you must first have the liberty and order to do it. That's the issue. That's true. You do, but that's see that's separate and apart from that question. If you've got the li- if you've got the liberty, then you can ask that question. So we have but, the liberty. But but, but, but okay, okay, so but we have we have the liberty to to ask the question. But then there's the okay people say okay you have the liberty to ask the question, but. In reality, yeah, you can ask the question, but nothing's really going to come of asking the question. Therefore, is it really liberty? Is it just window dressing? You see what I'm saying there a little bit? And so what I would contend is is that to answer the question without actually uh, having any ideas whether it's possible or not, to Dan quoting uh, a smart guy, liberty is critical. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little self dig at myself. Come on, guys, you were, are we awake? Yeah. I caught it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you. So so, right. So, hi, Jerry. Hi. And so, the, so really, the matter is, is that if we really wanted to bring about societal change, you have to have liberty and education, and that is that that there is a there is a uh, freedom of choice within regard to schools, and that to send kids where it is that they reflect my particular sets of values and I have in my liberty as I don't like this particular community I can now move to another community but the problem is is that with teachers unions and everything being connected and and you know you don't have portability of dollars you don't have that uh, there's no difference effective difference between going to McHenry versus Johnsburg versus Woodstock versus wherever and therefore I'm really kind of stuck here as opposed to saying you know I really don't like what it is this particular educational institution offers I want to take my kids and I want to send them to a uh, in my case a Christian based school and I should be in my liberty to take my dollars that I earn, that I work for, and I should be able to be portable and go do that. And that should be something that happens. But as long as you have a monopoly in terms of education and a monopoly in terms of the indoctrination that occurs there via state mandates and things of that nature that your local teachers and school boards have little or nothing to do with, that this stuff gets foisted down upon them, um, guess what? You're stuck. And without that liberty... You don't have a lot of options, and you can talk to Luke and your kids and all this and that that you want. Somebody will say, "Just move." But so, go but, somewhere else. Yeah, but, but where to? Right. Yeah, yeah. See, but, hey, see, but, no, but there's no effective. There's, earlier, there's no effective difference. Exactly. Yeah, you made the you made the argument earlier that they should. You know, they, right, but the, the problem to be able to do so. But the problem is, is that is there any real is there any real effective difference? Yeah, they're, they're, they're from, carrying their own bag from one to the next. There is no real effective difference, and the more we get into the. 
Department of Education handled at a federal level as opposed to the things being handled at a state level, the less difference you have between states in terms of education, the indoctrination, and really, you don't have anywhere to go. So yeah, you're in your liberty, but the liberty really doesn't make a difference, and that's a crime. Right, or, you know, if, if, if I was to speak to the tinfoil hats in the room, right, it'd be, is, is liberty a construct, right? Is a liberty a construct of choice? Where they're really, By all means, is liberty a construct, absolutely. But then, but then, if you have limited choice, and all choices lead down to the same road. Right. Right. It's not real liberty. It's not real liberty. You see, it's, it, and Andrew Wilkow speaks to this issue, okay? He's, he said, look, all they're doing is saying, look, you have a choice between the green ball, the blue triangle, and the red square. That's all you're given a choice of. They're saying, look, these are your choices. You have three choices. That's not choice. Are we attacking the two-party system here? Is, this what's, is that where you're going with this? No. No, I wasn't attacking the two-party Because, I mean, when you want to talk about the idea of having liberty... The concept behind it is that there are, there are consequences to all of your actions. You're your own self the one that truncates it. That's what goes on. So if you want to get down to the basis of that, but that's not really what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is, is, the, uh, is, is having a government that is not so much in the way that you have the right to be able to go the direction you want to go in. And then there's consequences to that. Right. We have a two-party system. All these issues are boiled down into these two sides. And what is it always based upon? It's based upon economic success of groups that, that go out there and get it, or the people that are disadvantaged, and then we need the government to step in and help and let them eat. Because the one thing you're missing in your equation on, on how, how uh, government is, is set up is people have to be able to eat first. I mean, you look at the, right. the, the countries that have a low GDP, the politics don't matter. They're starving to death. Who gives a shit? Education doesn't matter. All this doesn't matter because we've got to eat. That's number one. And so the, the left is always challenging the government about the fact that we are not paying attention to these people out there within our country. And this is what's coming, this is what's burbling up right now. This is the issue that's going on right now. And they're claiming that they're, they're, the people that have the money keep the money, and they're the ones that make all the decisions, have all the power. And you were just describing that about people that have the money and how they get into office. It takes money to get into office, is it not? You have to have people either backing you or you do it out of your own ass. If you don't have the money for yourself, you gotta, I gotta, you know what? I'll support you in that road going down to your factory if you vote for me and you get other people on my campaign. Right, it's much harder without economic backing. You right? have to have it. It's the way the system works. This is how our system works. And it's not because I was simply born and I've come into office because my father was the, was the chief of it. It's, it, it, we get in there because of this messy system in our country that's always based on economics. That's the key of it. That's the important thing. And, and the liberty to be able to, to, you know, uh, to earn a dollar, feed your kids, educate them, all that is what we're arguing about with, with liberty. That's what it really means. Opportunities and all that. And so the left is coming forward. I'm sorry if I'm on a soapbox, but the left is coming forward, and they're claiming that this is a, this system is way out of balance. Has been out of balance for years. And what's amazing to me about it is the Democratic Party that is calling this are the ones that do the least about it. And, and the people just don't see this. I mean, it, it, you just take a look at anything. Like Illinois is a great example of all the money they put in with Jesse Jackson, and I'm not going to name names, but that, that whole coalition that was involved in it was about helping these blacks, and they didn't do shit about it. I mean, what they did was very, very little, and a lot of it was really bad. I mean, they screwed up a lot of uh, great capitalistic systems, a lot of programs got thrown out. 
I mean, the the the, uh, the fact that uh, they 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 don't want it biased, but yet if you're black, you have more rights than the white guy. I mean, this we see this all over the place. And the right and the right now, in terms of being able to feed your kids, you, uh, if you look at various demographics, whether it be different minority demographics, black, Hispanic, female, what have you, what have you, their unemployment rates are all time lows, and we've got ourselves a, a white privileged male in the executive yeah, branch. That's hilarious. I'm sorry, but this is the fact. I mean, Trump went into the minority communities and said, "Look, what if you?" got to lose by voting for me. You've been in these systems on welfare generationally. What have you got to lose? I mean, you want to talk about feeding your kids. Let's not just talk about about the about the little crisp, a little crust of bread that the government's willing to throw you. What about the fact that don't you want your kids maybe to be more, do more, get a degree, retire, um, have the life they never even dreamed possible without us being, without us controlling that, but you again in your liberty pursuing that? The answer should be yes, but in many cases they're like, no, I just want the crust of bread. Why? Because I'm afraid that's all I'm going to get. And if I don't get the crust of bread from them in my liberty, there's a chance I won't get anything at all. And so therefore they go for the thing that is guaranteed because they're afraid. Liberty cannot exist in a culture of fear. But yet somehow discontent rises up liberty. Always does. Always does. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting topic we should yeah. talk about and, at some and, point. And governments fall because of this, whether they're justly or unjustly. Right. Absolutely. Would love to, and that kind of gets into the Tytler cycle, right? Yes. We go from slavery to, to slavery, and it's just fascinating how that works. Yeah, historically, that's accurate. So. And, and, and to your point, uh, and also to yours, about, the, about how people's opinions change, we got this guy that's really unlikable in office. He wasn't unlikable... Now, he was way unlikely when he got elected, but he got elected. And what does that tell us about the voting populace in the United States? Because people were so upset with the fact that they weren't being heard by the left. They're so, so angry at being lectured to. Yeah, someone actually oh, got yeah. off their farm tractor yeah. and went and voted. Right. <laughs> that's he what said, really was going right. on. I mean, they said, to heck with it. We're done with you. Yeah, we have to make a change. And that's how it works in this country. And so all these things that are coming up, I think is phenomenal. It's a great, and we live in interesting times, which, by the way, is an old Chinese curse. I mean, you live in interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we, but we live in interesting times, and we can, we're seeing, again, this pull on this country. But the difference today than it is in any other part of history is the... Uh, technology connection that we have where everybody's got a voice now. And whether they show and their ass or not. But, right. and, <laughs> that, right. and that voice is instant. Yeah, and, you know, and, 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 and so you, get, you have what's called the fog of politics when you have all these voices pulling from all different sides. And someone has to make a decision. And a lot of times that decision is they won't make any decision. I mean, look how low the voter turnout was in Chicago. Mm, yeah. I mean, it, it, one of its all-time lows. And no Republican ran. I mean, that's got to tell you something about what the voters think about what's going on in Chicago. I mean, they're not voting uh, because they think things are right. They're not voting because why am why I going bother? to waste the time? Fourteen yeah. Democrats ran for office. Yeah, but we, but we'll, but because of this event, it, I, mark my words, ten years. If anybody's listening to this thing, we're going to see a huge change in Chicago, and it started with this election. That is how disarrayed it is. Why? Because of the fact that we only had one side representing, and it's going to get worse. They have this debt that they have to do in pensions in Chicago. They're losing businesses and people that can actually pay the taxes. Mm-hmm. It's going to get a lot worse to a point where it's going to break. Well, it's kind of like an alcoholic. The millennials are starting to you move gotta wait The taxes you, are getting the, the cost. you got to wait until you get to the bottom. Because they're going to keep raising money. taxes because they have to fill these, fulfill these debts. And the people, that, as they raise taxes, they're going to continue to leave. Did, I mean, it's just did you obvious. see Britzker's new tax 
table? <laughs> no, I try not so, to watch horror films. So I can't sleep at night. <laughs> so the more right now the the, the state tax is four point nine five percent. That is is going to be the ceiling for people that are making roughly about I think up to words of two hundred thousand, maybe two hundred fifty thousand, and then it goes up pretty fast. And so if you're making, let's say you're making a million dollars a year, it's going to be at about eight or eight point nine percent. How many people do you think are going to stick around? Well, that's what happened to France. You know, all the all the rich, all the wealth left France. Yeah, I mean the countries around them like cool. (laughs) France is spiraling into the toilet. I mean, Indiana's got to be looking his chops right now. Oh yeah, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, and all Tennessee. Every state surrounding Illinois had an increase in population last year. In Missouri, yeah, even Missouri. Every state, every, and Illinois was on the negative. And, and you think putting more taxes and more reg- regulations into place and not dealing with the issues and problems of, of funding the pension, you're right. They can't fund a $120 billion pension. It ain't going to happen. Right. You know, not when they're, it's they're still sucking the wind out of this, you know, this money bag. It's never going to happen. But it, and it's just, it continues. How do you get somebody... How do they vote somebody into office like this? Because they because they're believing the fact that they have an answer to it because nobody said that there is an answer. Yeah, we vote a guy. This thing's gonna break. Job. It is inevitable. It's like it's, it's like a train falling off a cliff. It's gonna hit the damn ground. So what what happens you. when when Illinois checks start to bounce? My real well, question is, how on. do we make money on that? There's got to be a way to make oh, money on that. Right? <laughs> we know it's gonna happen. There will come an end of the line for Illinois. Yeah, but you already had a pre- you already had a preview. We had two years under no budget where no checks were either being right. <laughs> right. thrown in yeah. to the pot, and, and you know he lost his job. It's of it. still taking between one and a half and two years to get paid out. That's why I no longer work for politicians. Is I couldn't get you know I was out at eighteen months and but these, get paid all by these the, things have their consequences. And but I think the the <laughs> most important thing for us to keep in mind is is these educated individuals sitting at the table are. Is that the thing that we should be the drum we should be beating, is that the system freaking works. Do not mess the system up, because you can get in and do that. You have to have supermajority. Thank goodness those guys really thought this thing through. Yeah. But that's really what needs to be said. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear you know your complaints about the Jews or whatever there is. Why? Because they were elected, and the people that elected them have that opinion, too. And how do you change that opinion? How do you educate them, as this gentleman was asking? Well, by their failures. You look at what happens. I mean, the, the truth right. shows itself. Always. You know, while, this, while this whole situation that I brought this conversation about, and didn't even know if I was going to even bring this up today, was spurned by my frustration and, and what is, to me, apparent, apparent idiocy, is actually really, truly... A wonderful thing, too, because exactly by what you said, were it not for these displays, these actions, these behaviors, exactly, there would not be an opportunity to say, you know what, this is a problem. You know what, we're hearing this. This is something that needs to be addressed. Otherwise, we wouldn't know about it. You know, if someone, someone comes in and just keeps their mouth shut, doesn't really do anything, is it completely ineffectual? Oh, well, you know, maybe they'll get reelected, maybe they won't. I was shocked how close we were to socialism under Obama. I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. 
I mean, I wasn't paying attention to it. And now I'm like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I wasn't either oh, really at that goodness. point in time. Like, wow, maybe I should but, pay more attention. <laughs> you, know what's, yeah. you know what's interesting? Does, does, anyone, does anyone here really, uh, remember the movie uh, it was, It's a Wonderful Life? Sure. Jimmy Stewart. One of my favorites. One of my, right, one of my favorites. Do you remember when the uh, Bailey Building and Loan is going broke and there's a run on it and the one guy comes in there and says, I want my $200 or whatever it is. Yep. And then, you know, he says, well, what will hold you over? I'll take $200. He's going to get his. But then that then the gal comes up and says, can I have $1,750? You yeah. see, in that moment, that, that individual looked at what was going on around her and said, I need to make a different decision, not just for what is in it for me, but if I don't ask for the 1750 if I ask for the 200 pretty soon, it'll all be gone. All the and the whole, and the whole paid, thing right? will crash, right. Right. as opposed to saying, okay, those people that, that the state owes all the money with regards to pensions, look, you're going to probably have to take 50 cents on the dollar. Or whatever it is. Uh, otherwise, this whole thing is going to crash, nothing. and you're going to get nothing. That's the reality. And somewhere along the line, individuals need to look themselves in the mirror and say, if Illinois is going to crash, it's because I'm saying, no, I want my unsustainable pension that I that you guys, Aaron, Aaron promised. I don't care if they promise it to you or not. Is it sustainable? Can you get it? No. Therefore, you better negotiate a different deal. <laughs> otherwise, everyone's going to lose. The warranty is only as strong as the company yeah, backs that, 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 that's <laughs> true. But the the difference, John, here is, 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 and even like in the movie, I put my money in here, mm-hmm. yeah, and I want my money back. Sure. All right. It's 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 even a little more difficult because the money was misappropriated. That's the thing. We're just, I paid into my pension. We're just dealing with the reality of the current situation. And the that's reality the is, is yet, yeah, are you going to have to be able to sit back and say, you know, take 50 cents on the dollar? Uh, most likely, um, if you could get 50 cents on the dollar, jump all over sure, that. Sure, whatever. Because right. that's not, it's just not going to happen. And they're not going to get bailed out by the government. No. And we can declare bankruptcy, by the way, but okay. that does so, okay, not so, okay, solve Bill, that issue. Awesome. So what happens when a state declares bankruptcy? What happens? If we can, like you said, and I believe you because you're a smart financial dude, what happens? Typically, your, your, your bankruptcies... At a state level. At a state level, bring in federal support. Their rating, the rating drops and their ability it to is, get loans and put bonds together, which makes country or makes municipalities and states function is their ability to sell bonds. <clears throat> their rate drops and, they, and it cuts off a revenue stream from them that puts them in serious problems. Dude, I used to work for Michael Milken. I know all about bonds. Yeah, so <laughs> didn't you understand what I'm saying? And that's really what the effect of bankruptcy is. Right. There's a the reason they why they lose their, their credit rating. Sure. It just, and credit ratings joke. are really important. Look at our federal government. I mean, their credit rating is really important because we, we have other countries that come in and buy our bonds. Now, people argue about China buying us whatever. It's a pittance compared to what the U.S. citizen holds in bonds. Oh, no. <laughs> Not even close. China well, holds a great it, deal, but there it, are balances some, in, in that as well. There, there, there are financial balances in that. But you're saying, well, it, but you're I'm agreeing with me that the citizens hold the majority of the bonds. No, right? not at all. No. So you're saying the opposite. Well, that's something for you guys to fact check. Okay, well, we'll let everybody go fact check. Um, at this point, I'm going to say golf clap this out, if you would, please. We have the liberty to do so. Oh, you have the liberty to do so. But uh, thank you for acquiescing to my request. But uh, we'll come back, and next week it will. we will either tackle the perception versus reality or uh, discontent rises up from liberty. So one of those two. So think about that and tell me what uh, you your interest in. I'll, I'll, I'll be in. I'll be in. Let me, let me pull. Yeah. <laughs>